Hello, everybody. Welcome to Devil's Tailgate, presented by Devil's Insiders, a New Jersey Devil's Game Day podcast. Alongside Dave Turner, I'm Jeff O'Connor. Well, we are in the final week of the regular season. The Devils have four more games left in their season. Three of them are at home, one of them on the road as they close out the 2016-17 season. They take on the Philadelphia Flyers tonight. The recently postseason eliminated Philadelphia Flyers here tonight, so two teams that will not be in the NHL playoffs come next week as the NHL playoffs are just about a week away. Uh, Right now the Devils are going to miss it for the fifth straight time. Devils Flyers uh, will get deeper into the matchup in just a second here. As we get ready, uh, we'll actually be joined by Michael Kapla in a little bit here. First time we've gotten a chance to do an interview in a little bit, so we're going to have the uh, recently signed Devils defenseman who's got a few games under his belt. We'll talk to him and about how his season's going. And Dave, uh, the Devils, you know, the team they played most recently is the team they're playing tonight, the Philadelphia Flyers. And, uh, you know, the Devils went down to Philadelphia, and uh, it was a tough one. The Flyers at that point were still fighting for a playoff spot, uh, and they brought it. Uh, you know, they, they scored a couple goals, the Devils. Uh, you know, they had some chances, and, you know, Anthony Stolars came in and, you know, relieved Michael Neuwirth, who, who seems to be okay from uh, the scary situation that happened. Uh, he came in, he actually played a really strong hockey game. Uh, the Devils did have some chances, but he just played a really good game. And on the other side for the Flyers, I mean, I'm really, on, I guess on both sides, I should say, uh, these two teams went at it. There was a ton of hits in this game. You know, Radko Gudis nailed John Quenville right at the blue line, which looked to be a clean hit, and then Wayne Simmons elbow Travis Zajac below the goal line and then Dalton Prout who I guess we should give this news a note he got suspended two games for uh, what I'm about to say that he did and uh, he absolutely freight trained Gudis coming off the bench um, you know and Gudis had his head down nothing that really mattered anyway the fact that it was that malicious and in the middle of the ice he got suspended so he will miss the next two games wonderful wonderful see him in all the rest of the season actually or if the Devils will just uh, go with some of the younger guys or uh, some of the more veteran guys as opposed to Prout but uh, that happened, and then, you know, Paul Mary got slammed into the stanchion, uh, and the Devils were the ones who kind of got beat up a little bit physically in, in this game, whereas uh, the Devils matched the Flyers' physicality in the first three games. That wasn't the case here. The Flyers really fed off the, the home crowd, and, you know, they were into it again. They were still alive at that point in the playoffs, so they were still pushing forward. So, Dave, that was a, a game where we saw the Flyers, you know, fight for their last moment. You know, what we didn't really see, you know, the game we saw against the uh, you know the Islanders when they were just you know they had that heartbreaking loss to, to Philadelphia, you know, and then they picked up a, a victory. You know, this is the case of the Flyers doing the same thing, kind of staying alive. And now, unfortunately, both teams are out of the playoffs. So that's I don't know what type of environment we're gonna we're gonna get tonight. Um, you know, it could be could be the Flyers getting a little bit of uh, anger and frustration out of their bodies. It could be them being coming in here totally dead and sapped from, you know, the 10-game win streak to the the recent swoon they've had to missing the playoffs. You know, in a Devils team that's finishing out the season, I'm not sure what type of environment we're going to get here. It's very rare to get a Devils-Flyers game that doesn't have a whole lot of, I guess, implications. Not meaning. That's not the right word. But a lot of implications on, you know, season outcomes, so to speak. It's kind of strange to see that. So we're going to have a rematch from Saturday. We're going to these two teams are going to go at it for a fifth time here on Tuesday. It, it should be interesting again. And, and this, this, this game down in Philadelphia, I think, kind of went as expected, where they, they needed that game. They're trying to keep their season alive. Also, there's got to be a lot of frustration from them because, look, they probably believed that they should be more in the playoff picture. The Devils had taken six points from them, yep. where they, they sure needed those six points, of course, because they can't finish with enough to qualify now. So you probably had to expect a little bit of them being frustrated over that 
and it showed, and they played a pretty good game. The goaltender was excellent, and 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 that's just kind of how it went. And, and and look for the Devils, I think. You know, you didn't get blown out at least. I think that's good. You know, because those some, sometimes those games when you have a team that's really desperate, you know, you don't want to. You, you kind of just want to like save face. But then now I think it brings it tonight where they're both kind of playing. I guess you could say with house money, playing yep. for pride. Still a rivalry game. Makes it more interesting, especially because that game was so physical. We saw the Flyers kind of take the physicality, as you said, to the Devils for the yep. first time in four games. Now the question is. It's not really a rubber match, but in the final match of this five-game series, if you want to call it that, where where's it where's it going to be? Is it going to be a more physical game? Is it going to be a more wide-open game? Because yeah, teams are saying you know both teams are saying, well, why not? Let's just kind of play loose. Should be interesting, I think, just because we've seen kind of the evolution of this series between these teams take another turn with the Flyers winning. Now it's a Devils chance to kind of you know I'm sure they'd love to finish up strong here and get a win against a rival. So. Tonight should be interesting just from the standpoint that you have two teams that are obviously now looking to the future, but also it's a rivalry game. doesn't matter what the record is. Mm-hmm. There's still a little juice flowing for this one. Devils, Flyers tonight. Devils 27, 37, and 14. The Flyers 38, 33, and 8. 7 p.m. start time here at Prudential Center, MSG Plus, and the One Jersey Network as well as WFN. Of course, uh, Patrick Eliash is going to drop the ceremonial first puck tonight, so that should be interesting. Again, a lot of Patrick Eliash stuff going on this week. Saturday, of course, is his last lap during warm-ups. Uh, that'll be uh, on Saturday's game uh, against the Islanders, so you kind of want to be here. I know there's an open practice this week as well, so a lot of stuff uh, surrounding uh, Patrick Eliash starts tonight with a ceremonial puck drop. I'm, I'm sure he'll get an unbelievable ovation. Uh, that, that alone might be worth, you know, even if uh, Devils Flyers, uh, the rivalry didn't do it for you, that alone might be worth the price of admission here as his uh, as his career winds down, uh, announcing his retirement. And I believe he's actually having a, a press conference today somewhere in the 4 o'clock hour, so you want to be tuned in for all the Patty Eliash stuff today. So uh, Devils, again, Devils Flyers, MSG Plus, One Jersey Network, WFAN. Fifth and final meeting between the Devils and Flyers this season, Devils 3-1. and one. Of course, they've outscored the Flyers 14-6, shut out on Saturday, as we previously mentioned, 3 to nothing. Devils are 14-4-1 versus the Flyers since the lockout shortened 2013 season. We're going to see who's in net for the the Flyers. Not sure if Steve Mason has recovered from his illness just yet or if it's going to be uh, Anthony Stolarz again. Uh, it's going to be one of the two guys. Uh, we know it's definitely Keith Kincaid for the, the Devils and Keith Kincaid actually has some excellent numbers in his career against the Flyers. He's 3-0 167 goals against average and a 909 save percentage. All right, we're joined now by the newest Devils defenseman, that is Michael Kapla. Michael, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. And l- let's start it out here, Mike. Uh, you know, you, you finish out college, you know, you're right in the mix. I'm sure you had, at some point, you, you knew that maybe NHL was a possibility even before you get to the NCAA tournament, so you, know, you guys run through the tournament, you get the call, you're signed. What was that process like? Uh, I'm sure it was a lot to handle. I don't know, maybe you got shielded from it a little bit and let your agent or whoever take care of it. What was that like, uh, you know, going through the, I guess really from 2017 uh, on here, you know, going through your season and getting uh, some some notice from the NHL uh, going through the tournament, and here you are as a New Jersey Devil. What was that process like? Yeah, so, you know, throughout the year and, you know, even in the last year, I had talked to some teams, and, you know, I had sat down with uh, Ray Shero and Tom Fitzgerald earlier in the year, I think around February, and they came to Lowell when we had lunch and stuff. So, I, you know, I kind of... You know, I knew, you know, I'd be able to, you know, have an opportunity at the end of the year. I mean, you know, I wasn't really sure exactly what it would necessarily be. 
Um, but then, you know, there's fast forward a little bit and it's Sunday and we lose to go to the frozen four, you know, at Lowell. And that's, you know, we lost in overtime. So it's, you know, it's pretty uh, em emotional, you know, at ending your career at, you know, at a, I had a great time and, you know, I can't thank, uh, you know, everyone at Lowell for my experience there. So, you know, it's, and then, you know, I, I talked to my uh, agent that night, you know, he's like, yeah, like, you know, you can call me whenever you want, but I was like, you know what, like, might as well just get, you know, the process somewhat, you know, see what's out there anyway. So I talked to him Sunday night, spent some time with my family on my girlfriend. She was out. And then, you know, Monday morning, um, kind of set up the plan and, you know, how we're going to go about it. And then, you know, I was just kind of, you know, had some time to think Monday afternoon there and kind of decide what I wanted to do. And uh, Monday night, <laughs> I made the call to, you know, my agent and, and we went forward from there. And then Tuesday morning, you know, packed it packed a little travel bag i don't have much yeah. clothes still <laughs> and then uh drove to newark here and you know everything just kind of happened so fast but it was, it was it was a lot of fun now we got to talk to your head coach the other day and he was kind of mentioning that i think the number is o over 30 percent now of guys who play in college that end up making the nhl what what talk about the college game and kind of you know, where it's going and how much it helped you to, to become what you are as a player today yeah, so I mean, first off, the schedule is favorable, uh, you know, to develop because we just play Friday, Saturday. So, you know, during the week, you know, we have a lot of time to practice, a lot of time to work on skill. We always get, you know, Monday, Wednesday, we pretty much lift every every week. So, as you know, you're able to, you know, develop your, you know, your strength and, you know, all that over the, over the course of four years. And then, you know, just the game itself, obviously, there's, you know, there's a lot of good players, like you said, that more and more. Every year there's there's guys coming out and, you know, making teams and in the NHL and, you know, playing in the AHL too. So, you know, I think the, you know, the, the level of the game and, you know, being able to develop uh, develop your game a little longer, uh, you know, helps a lot. And that helps guys be ready for the NHL and, you know, and just pro hockey in general. So when you came to the Devils, what was the discussion like with the coaches as far as what they expected from you, what they wanted you to do, whether it was, you know, John Hines or Elaine Nazardine? What was the message from the coaching staff uh, when you got settled here in Jersey? Yeah, you know, they just wanted me to, you know, come in and play my game, not do anything outside of, you know, what I play because, you know, I was brought here for a reason. So, you know, I just tried to, you know, keep it simple, you know, do what I do. And, um, yeah, just tried to, you know, learn from the other guys too is one of the one things is, you know, pick up on how to be a pro because obviously there's an adjustment and it's different than college. So, yeah, they just wanted me to, you know, come play my game and learn in these last couple of weeks here. Certainly in hockey, it's almost every night's a rivalry, but you've got to be inserted pretty quickly into this Flyers rivalry, now seeing it again. What's it like kind of kind of getting a first-hand taste of, of a, a really, you know, sometimes very physical NHL rivalry and what that's like? Yeah, obviously uh, I got a chance to play in Philly there and that's a pretty crazy experience as by far the most people I've ever played in front of and you know those fans are going crazy and like you said it's pretty physical but you know I, I, you know it's kind of fun it's, it's fun to play in a game like that because you know emotions are high you know you're, you're playing for something you know you know you're playing for pride and everything like that so yeah that's a great that's a, a great time to be playing in that game. You mentioned, you know, so much time to practice in college. You know, from freshman year to, to senior year, what are, what are the areas you think you, you know, you improved your game, uh, you know, from, uh, from you know, teenager to, you know, now in your young 20s? Uh, what would you say you improved on most from freshman year to senior year? Yeah, I'd say, uh, you know, I've, I've always been, you know, a good, a good enough skater to get by, but that's kind of been, you know, what's maybe held me back from, you know, a, a, f a few opportunities. So um, I think that's something... You know, over the summers and then during the year, you know, I really, you know, tried to focus on, tried to become better at, and I think uh, it's improved a lot. And I'm, I'm obviously still working on that because I think you can never be a good enough skater in, in today's game. So, 
but that's the one area that I really focus on, and I think I really improved, and that's helped me out a lot and helped me reach uh, where I am right now. Now, as a captain on your on your college team this year, how, how much do you think that kind of gave you a different perspective? I mean, certainly a lot of guys come in and they, they don't have that that kind of knowledge from being a captain, but you having such a good season there as a captain, you know, how does that kind of help you to prepare and kind of maybe look at the game differently from, from having those responsibilities? Yeah, that's that's the thing is that when you're, you know, you're a younger guy, you're kind of just along for the ride and, you know, you don't really understand, you know, necessarily, you know, what, what the little things like, you know, the older guys, the leaders are doing. So, you know, I definitely have more respect for, uh, you know, captains at any level now because when I was younger, you know, I obviously had respect for them. But, you know, you get to see, you know, how much, you know, there's a little more, you know, pressure, I guess, because you've got to make sure guys guys are ready. you got to make sure guys are doing the right thing. So, um, yeah, I mean, being a captain, you know, I just have been able to learn a lot. And um, like I said, I'll just have more respect for those guys going forward. Andy Green's someone who kind of took the same path to you, played at college, didn't get drafted, signed, you know, pretty much right when he was done with college, and he's made quite a career for himself. You know, is that a guy you, you kind of look at, someone you'd like to mold yourself after, and is a, have you been able to have some pretty good conversations with Andy? Yeah, he's a he's a great guy. You know, I've been, I actually talked to him uh, before I'd made my decision to come. He had reached out to me and called me, so that was, uh, that was pretty nice um, of him to, you know, take time out of his day. And, and then, you know, being here, I was able to talk to him a little bit too and just, you know, kind of, like I said, I'm just trying to learn and, you know, get a few tips from him and everything. And, yeah, like, I mean, he's had a great career and he's, you know, still having a great career. So, you know, I'm just going to watch him as much as I can and, you know, you know try to, you know, we, we kind of play a similar type game. So just try to, you know, see what he does and the little things that he does and what makes him successful. Have you been able to have any uh, friends and family along the way here in your first few games? Have they been able to come to some of the games? Yeah, I actually, so my, my whole family, I have a, um, obviously my mom and my dad, and then I have an older sister and younger brother. They were all able to make it out to uh, both games last weekend, and then I had some my buddies from school, some of my teammates, about uh, five or six of them came, came to New York or Brooklyn, and they came and watched, and then we had some, you know, some family friends, you know, about a 10, about, 10, uh, 10 of those guys, they came, and, you know, a couple of my, one of my buddies, he lives in Pittsburgh, he drove over and came and watched the Philly game. So, you know, it's been fun, and it's been great, and you know, all the support is, uh, it's been awesome. So it's, and it's fun that I can enjoy the experience with them because, I mean, my mom and my dad, obviously, were, are the reason, a big part of the reason why I'm here, and my brother and sister have been nothing but, uh, you know, great to me over the years and supporting me and stuff like that. So I was glad they, they were able to make it. Michael, thanks so much for joining us. Good luck the rest of the way. Yeah, thank you for having me give you the ranks for the Flyers so far this season and they have scored 2.59 goals per game that's tied for 20th in the NHL 21st in the league in terms of scoring defense 2.85 goals allowed per game and a 19.7 power play percentage that's tied for 13th 79.7 on the PK that's tied for 22nd in the league and Dean I think we're going to stick with it not going to do any keys for today. Let's kind of give an idea of maybe how the, the game's going to go here. Uh, I think the Devils, you know, much like they did, uh, you know, at the end of your last year, you know, a couple home wins here and there. You close out the season on a good note. It, I think it would be it would be tough to see this team. I, I mean, you can see it happening. It's the NHL. Anything happens on any given night. But given there's three home games the last four here, I would expect the Devils to play rather well. I would, ex you know, I don't know which way they're going to pull out the wins, but I would think they're going to win two of three here just by pure hey, you know, let's close out the season. Let, let's not have a total bitter taste in our mouth, especially in front of our fans who, you know, there's however many season ticket holders here that come and have come to every game 
his team's missed the playoffs for the last, you know, now it is the, the fifth straight year, and, you know, they, they still get, uh, I know it's not a full house every time, but, you know, there's still the, the hardcore 10 to 12,000 that are here just about every night, so I think the, uh, I think they'll appreciate that. I think they're going to come out here. I don't know which games they're going to win. I'm, I'm going to say they're going to go two and one on the home games, and we'll see what happens uh, in Detroit along the way uh, as well here. But I think the Devils are going to win this game. I think Eliash being in the building, there's going to be some juice tonight. Um, you know, it's Tuesday, you know, a little springtime weather. I know it's I know it's a little rainy outside right now, but uh, it's starting to feel a little bit warmer out. Right now. I think it's going to be a fun crowd. I think it's going to be. Uh, there's going to be some buzz. I don't know how many Flyers fans are going to show up. I'm interested to see that. Always, always when they're eliminated, I'm always interested to see how many Flyers fans feel like making the, you know, the two-hour trek up north here. But I think the Devils are going to win this one. I think they're going to win it, not comfortably. I think they're going to pull away late, though. It'll be tight early on. I could see maybe both teams exchanging a, a power play goal, uh, considering both teams that uh, they seem like they do it to each other whenever they're on the, uh, the power play. And I think we'll have a you know one one game. I think the Devils will, will grab a lead somewhere in the second period, and I think they'll pull away. I think this will be a game where uh, the fans won't have to sweat it out until the the final puck drop. I think they'll score somewhere through the midway midway through the third period, and they'll win the game three one. Really put a button, uh, an exclamation point, if you will, on the uh, the Devils Flyers season series. And again, you know you got to take small victories out of here. You know there's you know they've you know if you're looking towards next season, they've had some. They've had some moments this year. You know, they played the Penguins tough in a lot of games. You know, just look at the division. And I know maybe the division's not in the – I'm going off on a big tangent here. But, uh, you know, the division may not be in sight next year. But, you know, they played some darn good games against the Penguins. I know they didn't win a lot of them. Uh, but they were in the mix in a lot of them. Uh, the Rangers series, all those games minus the first one where they got blown out 5 nothing, they were all one-goal games. Uh, you know, even even – uh, even the Capitals, they gave them a game or two. You know, they won a game against the Capitals. They played in uh, one or two tight games against them. So, again, trying to pull out little things here. I mean, you can you can really put an exclamation point here if you beat the Flyers tonight. So I think they're going to, Dave, uh, like you said, both teams out of it. I'm expecting instead of a Flyer team that's angry, angered and, and frustrated, I think they're going to be a little sapped of their energy tonight. You know, they had the 10-game win streak. If you go back about a month or so, it looked like they were for sure going to be you know, at least a wild card team. Uh, and now they're going to miss the playoffs uh, entirely here. And, you know, they're... They're, they're trying to turn over their roster a little bit. You know, they've got, you know, Dave Haxtell be going into his third year. I mean, they're kind of, they're starting to get towards that crossroads-ish area as well. And I, I think the bottom's going to fall out for them a little bit tonight. So I'm expecting a 3-1 uh, Devils victory, three different goal scorers. I think Pavel Zaka has a goal, a little bit of an ode to Eliash, uh, the two checks there. So uh, that's what I foresee tonight. Devils picking up a 3-1 victory and uh, starting to close out the, the home slate here on a good note. For more reason than one, to see Pavel Zaka finish the season strong, I think, would be would be great. Just because we've seen him start to be more consistent. He had that point streak for a while. He's He's been much better in the second half of the season. And it's to be expected. You know, I, I think, as we've said many times, we, we've kind of had different expectations because we've seen the McDavid's and the Matthews come in that we forget that a lot of times kids take a while to develop. And... We're seeing him just start to get more comfortable. Much as we've talked about Eliash making the simple play and the right play, you see, not, not to compare them, you know, they're that similar, but what they do have in similarities is that they both seem to, to know when to make the simple play that sometimes guys want to make the complicated play or they want to make the dazzle play. But sometimes, even the one when, when Nason scored, I forgot what game it was, when, when he threw the puck in front to Nason and he, and he popped it in. That's a really simple play. Just throw it to the net, hope a body gets there, and it's a goal. And, you know, sometimes that play is the best play. It might not be the one that you think, oh, wow, what a play. It's just a simple, you know, throwing it to the net, but that's a play that scores a goal. And you're starting to see that, that hockey IQ for him really start to shine where he's doing the things, the little things right that, that are putting him on the score sheet. So I think him finishing strong, also with the Eliash thing, I think he'd love to honor 
someone yeah, who yeah. he looked up to with, with a good showing here, for sure. And, you know, he's, he's going to get a good chance. You know, he's going to log a lot of minutes. He's been great on the power play. So, you know, getting some power play opportunities would be great. I know when it's Devils Flyers, Jeff, we, we always talk about all the uh, the possible opportunities on the power play, and it seems to happen more than not. But, you know, the Devils, unfortunately, have had their own trouble staying out of the, the box lately. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's the area that, that is troubling because when you're a, a, a bad five-on-five team, which, all right, call it what it is, you know, mm -hmm. statistically, they're not a very good five-on-five team. The worst thing you can do is start to, to get yourself into a, into trouble penalty killing, because then you're not rolling your lines right, and you're, you know, you guys, you have guys who are tired, who are taking, you know, maybe double shifting or something like that, and it just, it makes it harder to score five-on-five, five. and that's something that they'll need to clean up in the future, is being able to not get off their game because you need to roll your lines to be successful. And especially next year when there's going to be some new guys in there, you know, look, if, if a Spears or McLeod make this team next year, they're probably not going to be penalty killing right away. And the idea right. is if, if you're killing, you know, 14 minutes of penalty in, in a game, you're probably not seeing them. They can't get into a groove. You know, that's 14 minutes that they're probably not going to be on the ice or something like that. So that's an area where I think they really, you know, discipline is a big thing. And, and sure, it's it's hard now because obviously you're not in a race and maybe you're doing things that you might not do if the games Taking are a chances, little tighter. Yeah, yeah, I get that. And you, know, you could certainly say that maybe the officiating has been, you know, Okay, I don't like to get into that, but you know the, it's the definitely shown itself the last few games more so than yes, the first sixty some. Games. They have been noticeable. Yeah. I will say that that's better said. Uh, you know, but there there's just a lot of ways to look at it, and, and I think the thing we've stressed here, Jeff, is that you could look at these games and say whatever, just play out the season. I, I don't look at it that way. I think you know you're only as good as as you know your last showing, and I think for all these guys who are looking to make themselves big parts of this team for next year, whether they're veterans or they're young guys. It's still an ongoing uh, ongoing look at them. I mean, look at a guy like Stefan Nason. I mean, he's trying to solidify himself next year. Joe Blandizi is still trying to solidify himself. Bo Bennett is one of them, and he's played pretty well lately. So to say that these games don't matter, sure, on the standings they don't, other than obviously like draft pick being part of it. But mm. I think these games matter also because, you know, it's a rivalry game, and you want to see your guys, regardless of where it is, you know, come to play in these games and what you get in these situations when, you know, again, I don't know what to make of the Flyers tonight. I, I think, I don't know. I guess common sense would say they're probably going to have a letdown because yeah. they played, you know, look, they had the, ten, the first team ever, I think, to have a 10-game winning streak in a season. In yes, the that playoffs. is. I saw so that somewhere. Yeah. shows you that, you know, outside of that 10-game winning streak, they've been okay. Yeah. You know, they were at least, you know, okay at best. And, you know, they, they are a team in transition as well because their forwards are kind of set. You know, Konechny came up this year, and he's been good, though he kind of slowed down a little bit. They're getting more help defensively. you got to ex expect Shane Goss' bear will be better. It's funny. He's been better lately. Provorov's had he's probably been their best all-around defenseman this year. So he's, he's been very good, yeah. actually. Um, you know, and they got Sammy Moran uh, coming up next year, probably. So, you know, they. it's funny. Where, you know, we keep talking about for the Devils that defensemen take a while. They're in the middle of that right now, yeah. where, you know, Shane Goss' bear was lighting the world on fire last season. He's been a healthy scratch for a handful of games this year. It just shows you that defensemen take a lot of time, you know, and that's what they're trying to build is they're trying to build their blue line and, you know, maybe maybe that, that kind of in turn helps their goaltending where if they can get a good enough blue line, the goaltending settles. I don't know. I mean, the Flyers have, you know, perennially been a team searching for a goaltender, but sometimes a great blue line helps that. I mean, we've seen certainly enough teams do that. I mean, even you can make the case that when they had a good blue line in 2010, they went to the cup final with yeah. – with, with 
kind of spare parts and goals. So, you know, looking at them, you know, that's, I think the, the good point that you said before is that the Devils, switching kind of switching gears here, the Devils have had some good games against good opponents. They played Pittsburgh mm -hmm. tough and yeah, lost yeah. in Washington. And, and that's, I, you can look at it easy and say they're a low 70-point team. They're so far off. But if you, if you get a little bit better and, you know, you add more depth defensively and maybe the power play doesn't go through those big slumps right. and you find a way to get a few more five-on-five five goals next season, some of those those tight losses become yes. tight wins. And, and that, you know, this league is so competitive. That or regulation losses to overtime losses. Yeah, yeah, I mean, even, all, you can easily make a case of where they could find 15 points, oh, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then so on and so forth. That That's the way you have to look at this year is you want to have your roster to the point where you know who's going to be here next year, where you want to slot them. They get another crop of young players coming up, and who knows what the draft is going to hold. The draft could bring someone in next year. It certainly could. I mean, you there's, there's a very good possibility that there is a face from this draft that is here day one next year. Um, you know, and that's the goal is, is to be able to, you know, deepen your lineup. We talk about that a lot, Jeff, is it's, it's not even so much of – I know you always even like the idea of splitting guys just because you want to be deeper, tougher to play against, and, and that's what it comes down to. And, and I think part of the idea of, you know, we've seen the road games sometimes get away from them also is, um, you know, the deeper team always has the, the major advantage at home. I mean, even if you're not the deeper oh team yeah. you have, because you can, you can get the matchups you want. And that's, and to be a good road team in this league, you have to be deep enough to say, all right, we're not going to maybe have this matchup, but we can hang around with our thirds against their first in a situation or something like that. And, you know, it's all a building process. And that's why these games matter is because you're trying to find exactly what, you know, like Coach Hines is not going to you know, wait until August to say, eh, maybe this is what I'm going to go with. You know, you're, you're deciding those things now and you're putting, you know, taking notes and, and deciding things where you want to be able to get to the point where you, th you roll into next year knowing what you think about guys. So look, as far as I'm concerned, everyone on this roster has something to prove right now. I think it's easy to say, I don't care if you've been here for however many years or, or you're playing your first few games, everyone has something to prove for next year because you know this roster is going to be a little different. There's going to be competition all up and down this roster. And the best thing you can ask for ending this year into next year is guys earning their time. And I think you nailed it there with the competition thing. Is as much as there is change and there's you know there's young players coming up from the organization. There's still a lot of players in this in this lineup, this 23 man lineup. A good chunk of them are going to be here next year. It's not like you know it's not like eight of the uh, 23 guys are coming back next year, and you know the, the other 15 they're they're filling the slots in. There's there's still going to be a lot more change. Yeah, that that's and that's kind of the beauty of it though is that. You know, in a rebuild, you, you're not necessarily attached to certain lineups and certain things, and, and you kind of let it be fluid, which is which is exciting in a way where you don't know who's going to be. You know, look, look when I know it's different and it's a long time ago now, but when Adam Henry came up, I mean, there was expectations for him. All of a sudden, he comes in and he's playing with a couple good players, and boom. I mean, is it out of the question to see, especially with, with, with what Michael McLeod is doing right now, that he can't jump into the lineup mm -hmm. next year and, and play with a guy like Taylor Hall and have some real success? Or make people better. I mean, we, we have no idea. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Is sometimes the puzzle piece that links everything together isn't even necessarily having the best guy come in. It's just the guy that brings it all together, right, that yeah. deepens your lineup, that gets the most out of certain guys. And, and that's why as much as they look like they're really far off, it can change quickly. I mean, we've seen it. I know they haven't been able to continue the success, but Colorado had a good season coming out of nowhere. Yes. Calgary, though, they had their ups and downs. They had that playoff year, and you started to see the pieces come together. You know, Sean Monaghan, if you want to, you know, Monaghan was picked around the same area as McLeod. If you want to look at 
I think he's a good comparison. Maybe not the same player, but a good comparison. Well, Horvat was what? He would have been the, the devil's picker right at that slot. He, I mean, yeah, he was ninth overall. He'd be an impact players uh, in the top 15. Yeah, and I remember the, the, the talk on Bo Horvat the first couple of years was, eh, I don't know. And now all of a sudden, he's probably their best player if, uh, outside of the Sedin. So it just, it just shows you that when you inject youth, and you really let the youth take over. Sure, there's growing pains. I mean, of ask course. Arizona. You know, they're they're certainly in that. But eventually, it starts to click. I mean, even even a team like Tampa when they when they got their their crop of you know Kucherov and and Johnson and all that. That's when they became a good team. Is when you add that youth. And and I'm not saying you know the Devils are going to be a good uh, a playoff team next year, or even the year after that. But sometimes, you know, it, when it looks like it's not going anywhere. All of a sudden, you add that youth, and it completely changes everything. So totally. I think that's that's what you have to look forward to, and that's why these games are important. But I didn't make a pick yet, so I'm going to do that right now. Yes. I think 4-2 Devils. I think it's going to be a game where they get out to maybe maybe a 2-1 lead, Flyers come back, Devils get one in the third, and ice it with a with a rare uh, empty net goal there. It's I, been I, a while since they've had an empty yeah, net goal. Yeah, it'd be nice to get an empty <laughs> net goal. Uh, I think that would be a nice one there. Um I, I do. I think they're going to play well tonight just because I would I guess that the Flyers have a little bit of a letdown, maybe early at least, where maybe the right. Devils can pounce yeah. on them, get one in the first, and go from there. Keith Kincaid's been pretty good against the Flyers. We're not sure who the goalie's going to necessarily be. If it's Mason, we know he's had his struggles against the Devils. 0-9, so. uh, just under four goals against and an 8.52 save. So, sure, uh, go for it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, sure, uh, I'm sure all the fans are clamoring for Steve Mason to be in net tonight, but we'll see if it's him or Anthony Stolar. So, again, Patrick Elias dropping the ceremonial first puck tonight. Devils Flyers, 7 p.m. here at Pru Center. MSG Plus, the One Jersey Network, and WFN. So, for Dave Turner, I'm Jeff O'Connor. This has been another episode of Devils Tailgate. Let's go, Devils, and we will speak to you on Thursday.